Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense for knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. And I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. My guest today is a community builder. She offers compassion in creating a space of hope, inclusivity, and care. She's also a learner. She's a fierce mother, a loyal friend, a ran peg in a square hole. She's a dog lover, a stargazer, a road tripper, a risk taker. She's a play therapist and a passionate defender of small towns. She is somebody who supports kids and their families with their social, emotional, and behavioral concerns. My guest today is Maura McDonald. We've known each other for a while now, and every time we get together, we just have no problem talking. So it's going to be fun today. (laughs) Thanks, Maura, for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me, Heather. I'm really excited to do this with you. Great. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself, Maura. Well, Heather, getting to that point in my life that this could take all of your time. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Maura, and I grew up in Cape Breton. I came to Mount Allison to go to school and loved it, and I got my BA, BED there, went away and taught for a couple of years, and got a master's degree in counseling while I was away, and then a, and did a bunch of different things in teaching and Aboriginal communities and counseling, and then a job at Mount Allison and a dean of students office called me, and I knew that was my job, and I just went after it. And I got landed that job in 2001, and I've been in Sackville ever since. Since then, I got married and had two kids, and their dad and I are not no longer together, but we have two great kids and co-parent very well together. And I'm working with Anglophone East School District. I'm a school counselor at Salem in Sackville. Cool. So that's elementary school, right? Yeah, it's a K-4 school. Right. Okay. Which is kind of neat, because you don't see many of the small schools anymore no there's mostly k to eight yeah and it and it's really interesting for me because i bounced around when i came back to mount i was working with university students at mount allison and i had worked with high school and junior high school students before that and then when it came to district i went as a high school counselor and then i moved to k to eight so i've been working with all kinds of age groups but the k to fours are my favorite yes which brings me to Tell us a little bit about your latest passion, because I just learned you were doing this probably in the last year or so, maybe a little longer than that. Play therapy. Like, how much fun is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, as I said, I came to work with these little people, and, you know, well, Heather, when I say therapy, what do you think of? Well, you typically think of sitting them in a chair and making them talk. How do you think that goes with a five-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they will. They could talk about anything. They might not talk about nothing because you're a stranger and they don't know you. 
I was finding when I first met with them, you know, the, I, because I was moving to school to school, because at that time we weren't full-time at many elementary schools, friends will say, well, I want you to talk about this situation that happened at home or on the playground yesterday, last week, and then I would have the students sitting in front of me and they'd say, oh, there's no problem there, everything's fine, everything's made up, I don't know what you're talking about, they wouldn't remember. Right. So the talk therapy was like, this isn't working. And then it was like, okay, let's try some CBT, you know, and a lot of that is thinking about your thinking or giving homework sheets and writing things down. And they can't read when they're five months. Right. <laughs> they can't write. So it was like, right. this isn't working. So I was like, there has to be something that is more respectful to children and more helpful to children than this talk therapy. So I did some searching and I stumbled across this thing called play therapy. So I guess it was, it's 10 years ago now, I went and did a, an introduction to one specific type of play therapy 10 years ago called TheraPlay. And it is about playing with children, those games that we used to play in the schoolyard or our parents play with us when we were children, just natural games that create connection to children and help them with some of their difficult things that they might be dealing with. And I, after I went to that course and started using it when I came back, I was hooked. And I could see the changes, not only in the children I worked with, but with my own little guy. I was doing many of those things with him because he seemed to be struggling socially, and it just transformed him. So I was sold. So wow. I've been dabbling in the play therapy ever since. So it's more about creating the connection, and then the conversation can happen organically. Is that how it works? Right. So, and I might intervene in those that there may be a 
uh, dangerous situation that they're playing it over and over again. So I know they're stuck on that kind of play. So I might intervene with, oh, here comes an ambulance to save that it's the family in that car accident scene that they've been showing me many times. And so they might introduce something like helpers of how to problem solve that. You know, or we may be doing other direct playing games. Like I was saying, we may do um, uh, with babies. You remember how you often say peekaboo? Right, yes. Peekaboo, like you're hiding you something and you're popping out to see the baby. Right. That's to teach them to follow the leader. You know, you're following the mom. You're following dad. You're following the one who's in charge. And that leads to the adults, the, the caregivers. Eventually that leads to school, those kinds of things. And they learn how to follow social cues that way, that I have to pay attention to other people, to what they're doing and how they're feeling as well. And, so, the, and that's just not explained. That's just a game that's been passed down for generations and like the math behind it's never been explained. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I like so much about all of the, many of the techniques that we use. They're all really natural, normal social interactions. The reason I went into counseling, not psychology, was in my view, psychology tends to pathologize people to make them think they're sick. And whereas that I see counseling, well, I don't know if these dichotomies are really true, but this is how I've seen it anyway. I see counselors more as uh, people that are trying to see people that are stuck. They need some help with something, and I can help them with this one thing, and then they get back to their lives. You know, because I think we all have our things to deal with, but we need helpers along the way to help us with those things. Right. Get unstuck is, is a common theme yeah. between the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So uh-huh. it landed on your radar screen 10 years ago, just in a passing conversation or how did, how did you... I just, I just knew every, when I was meeting with these little people that this talk therapy wasn't working, there has to be a better way to do this, more respectful and helpful way to help children than just talking at them is what it felt like. And so, so then when I started integrating play more into what I'm doing, it helps hugely from even like, oh, paint a picture for me. You know, that can tell me a whole lot about what's going on with their life. Right. Or let's play this game of checkers. You know, how well do they take turns? How well do they lose? How frustrated do they get when I start winning? Which right. is not all the time, very often. <laughs> you know, how did, you know, how does that all go? Right. And even if we're having a conversation about something else, it goes better when we're playing a game than just sitting face straight on face to face yes I broke out the crayons in my office too and it's like can you draw me the weather based on how you're feeling or absolutely <laughs> you know, look at you you're things... doing play therapy too didn't and even so know together. yeah didn't even know yeah. I think part of me wants to play so I think that's <laughs> <laughs> well you know what it's interesting in, uh, in the training that we do to be play therapists in the final level this year the first time ever they've introduced play therapy with adults because we are learning that adults need to play too. Every age group needs to play, and it's a very expressive way to say what's going on in a less intimidating way to oh. share that with people. So yeah. it is happening. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm 100%. And we're getting to more core issues that way. Yes, I'm 100% behind that because I think everybody's got this inner child that's sometimes has some bumps and bruises that never got attended to. And so nurturing that inner child by incorporating play or just doing things you like to do when you're a kid um i think can be very healing so i'm glad that play therapists are on the 
on the same track as me then. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's well, good. you think even seniors, they're mm-hmm. finding this certain kind of play therapy called TheraPlay that's all about touch. Mm-hmm. Seniors don't get touched enough, so they're starting to do play TheraPlay with seniors, so they do get touched, and they're finding that is, like you say, bringing healing to them, reminding them of their whole person. Oh, how so lovely. So it is pretty incredible. The field is really growing in those ways. Lovely. Well, thank you for sharing all that with us because I don't mm-hmm. think it's on enough people's radar. As innate as it is, like it's very innate, but busyness takes us away from it or protocol takes us away from it. So I think getting us back to what we do innately or intuitively is is amazing. So thanks for sharing and explaining well, it with us. I think our society's become so structured, you know, that we even have to structure play that it, it gets hard. Yeah. So yeah. we need more opportunities to do those things. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm glad to talk about it. Yeah. Well, this has been great. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Okay. And talk about intuition. So yeah. we've had a few conversations in the past where, you know, the goosebumps show up or you just know you're on the right track. How do you get your intuition? How does it come to you? I think it comes to different people in different ways. And I think in different situations, it does happen in different ways. But I think most of the time for me, it's about a quiet little voice in my head and or in my heart. I'm not sure where, but inside me, maybe it's even that wise one in, that I believe is in everyone. That's just saying, go for it, or pay attention to this, or uh, you need to know, or this is not the right thing for you, you know? So there's just a quiet voice that tells me to be, to wake up, I think, and pay attention, to be alert to what's going on. And things are lining up the right way, things are easier, or I have good energy, or a feeling about what's happening. I have found when I work too hard against something or try to control the outcome, that doesn't work. So it's it's this kind of balance between you need to do some work and you do need to show up, but you need to be alert to the things that happen, the people around you. People will say things, events will happen. You get a certain reaction to those things. It's, to me, it's a very internal piece. Very cool. Does that make any sense? Yes, it absolutely makes sense. Okay. Um, I sometimes have, say it's the quietest voice in the room. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and the one that you really, like, usually the, with me, it's sometimes the enthusiasm reigns very loud, and then the quieter voice is... Sometimes in line with that enthusiasm and sometimes not. But, yeah, it's the quietest voice in the room sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. interesting. Well, even the, your own quiet voice, I guess, is what I'm thinking. Because I'm the kind of person, woohoo, I love a new adventure. Let's try new things. I'm all got lots of energy for that stuff. But it's not always the best thing, right? Mm-hmm. So then it's like, draw, slow down. Or after that's over, you know, how much benefit or is this where you want to continue? And if you, if I slow myself down enough and quiet myself enough, it will come. 
it doesn't necessarily come in that moment, you know, then it's like, okay, there's nothing there right now, but I put it out and I feel the energy and then it will move and then it comes back to me a couple of days later, you know, like, so for example, just, I just popped into my head, just a very current example in my life, okay? I was thinking about, oh, I would love to have an international student from high school come and live at our house. I have a girl that's going in grade 10 now and a little guy in grade 8. Boy, and we have a spare room. I'd love to have another teenager around. That would be so much fun. And we've been away for six months having our own events where we know how to welcome people and support people out of being away from their homes. That would be such a good experience for me, for the kids, and for this newcomer. It would be lovely to share that. And then I sat with it a while, and I called and emailed, got all the information, and I was sent my references, and they said I was accepted, and they were excited to have me, and then there's just this little creeping voice in my head that's saying, Laura, you always complain about how tired you are. Are you overextending yourself? Are you doing too much? It's a great idea. might not be the right time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I just said, well, okay, that's just the negative kind of voice in my head talking, and then I was just like, okay, so then I decided I'm just going to be quiet and then send it out to the universe and say, okay, direct me on my decision. What should I do here? Because I really, really, really want to do this. It'll be so much fun. But yeah, maybe I will be. I'm tired already. Maybe I should just take some time to take better care of myself. I can do it another time. Just give yourself some time to figure it out. So I left it for a couple of days and then a couple of days later, it just it was just clarity out of the blue. I don't know if I was driving the car or walking the dog or what it was. I can't remember now. It's just like, nope, you shouldn't do that right now. Nope, you can wait till next year. One more year won't make a difference. Perfect. And I wrote them and told them I wasn't going, and she wrote me back and said, please, 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 I saved this perfect, sweet little German boy for you. And I'm like, really can't because and that was so tempting it's so easy to give in because that's what people do they push you know and I was like nope I gotta keep my boundary I need to take care of me I feel like I received the answer for me at this moment is not at this time so I wrote her back and said sorry not this year keep me on the list and I'll talk with you next summer perfect well done well you know and it's hard because you uh, for, for me do everything I don't want to miss out on anything and what a great opportunity but I you know there's only so much one person could do at a time so yeah and, yeah. and it's so true people will push because they see that potential and and you put your hand up and and people yeah. will push to to take advantage of what looks good on paper right mm-hmm. And uh-huh. so well done for listening and holding firm on your boundary. That's awesome. <laughs> it takes a lot of practice. Yes. And, it's, and not that I do it perfect all the time, but yeah, it's really important. And I felt really good that I made that decision. Well, and, like, and I'm that's, not shut the door forever. And yeah. that, that helped me, but I'm not just for now. That's all I can do for now. Well, and it, and it brings a peaceful, joyful feeling almost. Absolutely. When you are aligned with that decision and you hold your ground it's it's yeah. a funny little thing but it, I, it there's always that release of like a little bit of joy and peace i find yeah i'm taking good care of me mm-hmm. and i have to take good care of me we have to take good care of ourselves if we want to take care of others and i know 
that's what is important to me, taking care of others, like taking care of my children and the students at school and the staff at my school. It's important for me to be there to support them. But I have to be healthy myself to do that. Absolutely. You know, it's cliche, but it, that's what it comes down to, holding those boundaries for myself. Yeah. Well, and I think cliches are there for a reason. <laughs> you wise woman, you. That's right. I think you're probably right. That's why we go back to them. Yes. Yeah. There is some wisdom there. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing that because as current, it's profound. So I think lots of people will be able to resonate with that very simple yet yeah. profound example. So wonderful. Well, it's not always about the big issues. You know, I think all those little things add up. Like, you know, when you drop the little pebble in a still pool, you don't have to drop a big rock in the pool to disturb the water even a little pebble can so those little pebbles can be add up or can make big ripples you know so we need to choose even make good decisions about the little things we think about and the things we do well that is an excellent way to leave this podcast i think for people to think about because you're so true because the little stuff stacks up and you can make an island out of out of pebbles and I think sometimes the pebbles actually are sneakier than the big events and people don't <laughs> see it coming, right? I think that's true. I think that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll do this again, Maura. Thank well, you Heather, again. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about myself. What a treat. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, you've got lots of gifts to share with the world, I think. <laughs> thank you, Heather. So do you. You're a delight. All right. Until next time, then. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community. <laughs>